What's up? Welcome to the Finding Equilibrium podcast. Thank you so much for being here. This is our very first episode, and we're just trying to figure this out. So Chad and I, just give you a little background, we kind of grew up together. We met when we were late teens, early 20s, and just have stayed in the same friends group. And through life, now that we're like, uh, well, I'm not just going to put labels out there, but somebody just turned 40, and it wasn't me, but... Um, here we are in this space in our life and things have changed. Life has shifted and unexpected things have happened. And him and I have always had this commonality in being able to talk openly and expressively about how we see the, the roles in society and how this masculine and feminine battle really, but also in our own personal journeys and understanding that we're all energy and that we have feminine and masculine traits. But how do we lay those boundaries out to where the men don't step over the boundary and becoming too feminine and the women don't step over that boundary and become too masculine? And then overpowering one another and really having this battle in power dynamics and the shift in what it looks like and how ugly it's become. We, in our perspective, honestly, because that's all it is, right? Like we're not professionals in this space. We are just calling it like we see it because it is like this male versus female, but not in a bad way, not in the way that society has portrayed this battle. But like if we can come together and the women offer what women are supposed to offer, what they're bred to offer, it's not this... Let me put you out on blast and say, oh, you're a woman. Go make me a sandwich. It's nothing like that. It's just women are bred differently than men. And that's okay. That's actually a benefit. That's a good thing. That's why the dynamic works. And that's what we're here to discuss is how we've overstepped that and how women are acting more like men, how men are acting more feminine, embracing their emotions, which side note, isn't a bad thing. But when you bring it into the dynamic of a power couple, it can really shift where that goes and the conversations and the decisions and the building of this quote unquote empire that you want to build with your partner is just crumbling and nobody's doing anything. Nobody's having conversations. It's all all men for himself, women against women to try to compete for the top 1%. Men just trying to figure out how the hell they can land a woman like good enough, right? Because women are all just settling these days is what society is saying. How in the hell did we come back from that? That's what we're talking about. That's why we're here. So to just give you a little background, because we jump right in and we are just sitting back having a conversation. So sometimes these episodes might just sound like you're hanging out with us on the couch and we're just chilling. And that's the feel. That's what we want to go with. So Honestly, it's it's been a little bit of a struggle to try to figure out what that looks like for us, but we have this big vision for this podcast, so we hope you stick around. We hope you like the conversations, and by all means, if you have anything to add or even like your own opinion that you want to throw in there, because we welcome that too. Uh, we're not shook. Like We don't take things lightly. We want to embrace what the conversation is. So just bring it, just leave us a review, shout us out, whatever you need to do, and we'll holler back for sure. So let's get in. And this is pilot episode. So bear with us. Here we go. More to come. So much controversy, so much good conversation. You're definitely going to want to hop back on this couch with us. Promise you that. 
Welcome to the Finding Equilibrium podcast, where we dig deep into the battle of the sexes. Because let's be real, the relationship between men and women is complex, nuanced, and often fraught with tension. Women are expected to be assertive and career-driven, while men are encouraged to embrace their emotions and be more vulnerable. But are we really finding balance and harmony, or are we just creating more confusion? We know that finding true equilibrium requires us to confront the uncomfortable truths and challenge the status quo. So we're showing up to call out the cultural narratives that have shaped our perceptions of masculinity and femininity and examine how we can break free from the constraints of societal expectations and ideations, like why women are pushed to act more like men and why men are becoming more like the women they were raised to protect. So whether you're here to explore this seemingly never-ending battle or simply seeking inspiration to bring your own assets to the table, we invite you to join us for some thrilling and controversial conversation. So what's up? This is our like first pilot episode and we are starting with like a pretty controversial podcast. How did this happen? How did we get here on this topic specifically and why we feel like it's a necessary topic so much that we can record episode after episode on defining masculinity and femininity and how we are seeing it in society today? Personally, because it's one of the things that we seem to talk about the most. But I think it's also one of the things that's talked about in just the social structure that we live in today, where it's like everything that is mainstream right now, be it like body positivity, sexuality, and what is a woman or what is a man, it all seems to come back to the same ideology of what's feminine and what's masculine. Yeah. Like you and I, we talk about it a lot. We see it on Instagram constantly, just the conversations around the controversy. And nobody really has a certain answer. Nobody really knows where we're headed, but it has shifted. It has shifted considerably since when you and I were kids, even, and how we grew up. You know, feminine is is the mom that stays home and grandma who helps us learn how to cook and bake. And then, you know, dad goes off to work and provides for the family. But now we're in this whole weird, like, matrix of what is a man what is a woman what are their roles and they're so blurred like feminism as a thing is is a positive thing because it's you know what it really is by definition is just the advocation for women's rights and you know usually we're talking about a monetary situation but you know in all situations you know women aren't really oppressed women aren't like missing rights today there aren't rights that men have that women don't have I still feel like there's a big community out there that feels as if like women still don't get paid as much as men and women are mistreated in the workplace and and things like that. So I still feel like there's a lot going on in that space. But like just to take it back on maybe we should simplify it and define 
what femininity is and what masculinity is and then take it from there because I just think that it has become such a space and everybody's got an opinion on it but let's just take it down to a definition so for femininity it is literally just the quality of being a female and traits such as you know if you think of a a very feminine woman she is easy to communicate with She's nurturing, she's loving, she's intuitive, she's compassionate. And you can see her, like if you were to look back in the 60s, the woman that was home caring for her kids, taking care of the home, right? Right. But that's not what we're seeing today for a lot of women where they had to step into the workforce and now they're starting to take on more of those masculine traits, which masculinity as defined is the qualities and attributes regarded as a characteristic of a man. So when you talk about masculinity, you think about things like, especially in Western society, like strength, courage, independence, leadership, and assertiveness. And you're starting to see a lot of those traits in women and then vice versa, where you're starting to see a lot of those like emotional nurturing characteristics in men. So we really just have these undefined boundaries of what makes a woman a woman and what makes a man a man and how do you step into those distinctive roles because they're not meant to be the same. Women aren't supposed to be men, men aren't supposed to be women, but here we are having this conversation about what we're seeing in today's society and it's just a complete shit show. I think there's there's always been masculine women. I mean there's always been feminine men as well, but like we come from a generation where we used to use the term tomboy all the time. And a, a tomboy is the masculine woman that that we're used to. And there's not a whole lot of negatives to that kind of masculine woman. Because I think the thing with, with femininity is biologically and environmentally, some women aren't going to be quite as feminine as others. And you're going to see traits like you know, dominance and ambition and assertiveness, things that aren't necessarily bad for a woman to have and aren't necessarily not attractive. You know, like you you can always tell the, the little bit more masculine women because they tend to get into, you know, more masculine things like sports or hobbies that you would tend to see statistically a man would have or uh, a career, for instance, like you don't, you don't see women in STEM. You don't see women in in engineering or any of the technology type fields but when you do they tend to be more masculine women than feminine women would be but now we're seeing these women that are masculine in ways that are not even good masculine qualities and you just see a lot of like over assertion and dominance and qualities that are you know that you could almost call toxic from a man and that and that's what I see in a lot of today's masculine women is, you know, out of control masculinity, not your typical tomboy. Well, just, you know, not submissive, can't be told what to do, won't be not in charge. It's not necessarily the characteristic. It's how she interacts with just men in general, but more specifically a male partner. Right. You can have those well, people in general. Right. Like the way that they handle their kids, the way that they handle their career, like they tend to be, you know, that's, I mean, that's where the whole boss bitch thing comes from. Well, I don't know how else to put it other than to say, can't really be told no. The big joke with feminism is basically we took women that were submissive to their household, that were providing for their family, and not monetarily, but providing in all the other senses. 
for their family. And, you know, we're submissive to their family. And now we've got these women that look down on that kind of thinking, but at the same time are completely submissive to their career, you know, where they're going to work and, and being told what to do and being very submissive to their job or their boss or, you know, their hours or just, you know, and it's like we've just brainwashed a lot of women to think that being submissive at home is, is a damaging thing. And then being submissive in the workplace is a, is a positive thing. And the, the system is gaining from that considerably. But the, you know, the household is performing terribly. We got kids that are being raised by nobody, by YouTube. So. Do you think that it's because the term like stay at home mom? or the housewife or the homemaker was so devalued in the last decade or so that women find worth having a career and continuing their education to feel as if they've accomplished something in the sense that being a mom and staying at home and taking care of the home isn't really an accomplishment based on the society's standpoints, how you value a woman. Like women especially aspire to have, most women aspire to be those women, those boss bitches, seeing women yeah. that are doing their thing and being independent of a man. And like, I don't need a man. I can do this all by myself. When do we stop? I think it's much worse than that. I don't think that we've, we've devalued it so much as we've completely demonized it. Like it's, you're a slave, you know, that, that would make you a slave to your family or to your, to your husband or your household. And We've demonized it in a way to where it's not even, it's not honorable to take care of your household and to be subservient and do the, the roles that typically come with managing a household and a family in general, and which is the core structure of, of having a good family. I mean, we're talking about the person that's the foundation of the household. And, you know, I, I personally think it's, it's all intentional. Like it's all, it's all social media. It's all. The way that it's all the advertising, it's very much to take the woman out of the household and make her another tax-paying citizen to to take the the mother away from the children, to feminize the boys so that we're just a weaker, a weaker society, to make us all subservient. Because a, a strong family, you know, a strong nation, strong people. It all comes from that core substructure that's in the household at the very base. Like you can't have honor. You can't, you can't live by a code. You can't be the things that you truly have to be unless it starts at home with mom and dad. It's always been the thing that dad's off setting the example and, and he's gone. You know, so mom's doing most of the child rearing. And then, you know, now we've taken the mom and given her a new purpose and there's just nobody left to set the example and then and then we got these girls that are growing up and they're just like you said they're aspiring to be just that but statistically we're seeing women fall out of these careers much younger than the men do they're not putting in the dedication that's required to really scale through the ranks that they want because it the thing with the equality of outcome is we're already seeing women make more than men in a lot of places. I mean, Google just released a thing that showed that in comparison of the same job, and keep in mind, this isn't necessarily the same um, education or experience, you know, which is where you can see a fluctuation of pay, but the, the women 
by large are making more money at Google than the men. You know, so it's not that women can't scale. It's that, you know, historically, we don't see women putting in 10,000 hours. We don't see women sacrificing everything to, to be the real top leader, boss. They're just, I think we're taking, you know, someone that's biologically wired to be really good at certain things and telling them, but you could do this. So don't you want to do this? Because that's that's more important than what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. And then we get women that, that believe that. And then they get to be 35, 40 years old and they want a family and they want grandkids. And at 35, 40 years old, as a woman, you're lucky to still be able to procreate. You know, men work fertile until we die sometimes. But women, you only got you only got to fool a woman until she's out of the stage of being able to have a, a happy family. Because the boys, we can find a younger woman that maybe has a different mindset. We can still have a family. But yeah, I don't know. It's scary because most of the statistics I read really point to it's not going to be long. 50% of the middle-aged women in the Midwest, in the West, and in, in by the West, I mean like the U.S., will be single and like single, single, like cat lady single because they value themselves so highly but don't have really any traditional qualities. To be honest, a lot of the things I follow, I'm seeing a lot of men that are going abroad. There, There's a term for it. I can't remember what it's called, but passport something. I can't remember. But, you know, men are going to other countries to meet women and having amazing luck. And Their lifestyle is different. Their society is different. This is just Western culture. Right. Well, in most other cultures are very traditional, mm-hmm. you know, so if you value traditional qualities, which most women do, too, that's the problem is most women value traditional qualities from a man. But then they don't tend to bring any traditional qualities to the table as a man. And and to be honest, my big question to you or really just the definition of, you know, the two words is whose responsibility is it to make that definition? And I get really stuck thinking about, I'm a man, so I should be the one to say, what is a man? Because what does a woman know about being a man? But then when you think about it, it makes maybe more sense for women to be the ones to define a man. Because the qualities that make a man a man, they're from the perspective of a woman. I think it's shaped by society's idea in that that's part of the problem with women being so career driven and becoming CEOs. And you're right, like they're not meant for that life. They're not meant to take on that kind of responsibility. And I'm not saying that women can't lead because they can, but history says that men are more successful at things like that because women do end up at some point becoming more intuitive. And I think that as women, we're getting further and further away from our intuition and what it is that we are supposed to do biologically. And we're just listening to what society is expecting of us. So then we feel like because we have now become this version of a woman, in order to fit the role of what this woman is today, we need a man that fits 
and is the counterpart to this new role of a woman in the the woman that is the CEO that's working 60 hours a week. You know, she needs a man that's different than the woman that needed a man 30 years ago. It looks completely different for both parts. She doesn't get to have a man. One of the big things that is a man, because it, it's really, it's like you said, like how it's, it, it really has to do with your time, where you live, you know, your culture, like a man can mean different things. But the most important ones would be provision. I think any woman, any woman can agree that provisions is, is probably one of the most important things that a man brings to the table because all want, women want money. It's not necessarily that they want money. They just want security. And, and as far as like the biology of a woman, that makes perfect sense. That's the whole man-woman thing. You know, the man is supposed to be the protector and then the woman is supposed to feel secure. So wanting provisions is just wanting security and there's not there's no negative there. You know, like, and it, that doesn't mean there aren't extremes where there's, you know, these women that want extreme things, extreme amounts of money and stuff. But the thing that we got to realize is sometimes even that isn't toxic. Just because a woman wants so much, you know, once a woman scales, it isn't in a woman to want less. They tend to not be very attracted to, you know, somebody that they, they feel dominant to, I guess, would be the easiest way to say it. The man is supposed to be a little, a little more dominant, even if it's only a little bit, makes $5 more an hour and the problem when a woman scales is one it tends to take time so the woman isn't in her 20s anymore and she's not going to want less than what she is so if if it's a if it's a woman and she's all you know she's almost 40 and she's making five hundred thousand dollars a year so she's going to want a guy that's all the things plus he's got to make at least that much money and i'm not saying that's across the board but statistically if you ask 100 women they're going to want a guy that makes more than them that's the problem with being a boss bitch is if you value yourself and you look at yourself as a 10 and you make all this money and you're all these things then you've taken your dating pool all the way down to a fraction of a fraction of a fraction and it's not like that with men. When we get age and experience and money and provisions and, you know, it just opens up the whole world to us. But women, they're taking their dating pool and, and making it smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller as they scale as masculine females. It's a sad thing because you see these big time women you know, that have a lot of value. And they can't understand why they can't find a high value man. And it's because our provisions are for you. And we've been brought up in, in a world where your provisions aren't for us. You know, you don't, your, your money isn't spent on us. It's not spent on the bills. It's not spent. I'm not saying that can't happen, but you know, you know, and that's what we want. We want to take care of everybody. So if we've got the money to do it, we don't want you to work. You know, a man can walk into a convenience store that a man worth, you know, a million of dollars could walk into a convenience store and fall in love with the, the girl working at the counter and love her unconditionally for the rest of his life. And, you know, I challenge anybody to find that same situation with the roles reversed, you know, and I'm not saying that there's no exception to the rule because there usually is, but not really. It's just... It's sad because I don't know 
what we're supposed to do with all these women that are already there. They're already in their late 30s. They're independent. They're self-sufficient. So when they do find a guy, they don't they don't want to be traditional. So I don't think it's a matter that they don't want to be. I think they forget how to be. And I think a lot of how women evolve this way it has nothing to do with the men. I think it has everything to do with the competition of other females. What do you mean? The reason why women want to level oh, up. Competition between the females. Yes. It's not, yeah. it has nothing to do with, I want to attract a certain man. So I'm going to become mm-hmm. this boss bitch. It's I'm going to become this boss bitch to prove this other girl what I can really do. Right. But I don't think they're consciously aware, you know, and I know you and I share a lot of stuff on social media that, you know, we hear these conversations, but honestly, I don't feel like the women are really consciously aware of the damage that they are doing by doing what they're doing and evolving the way that they have. So I don't think that they can really acknowledge the damage is done. And now like seeing it as a problem, how do we fix that? So just to like wrap this episode up one, a couple of things. One is like, what's going to happen if we continue to see this go the way that it's going? And two, what are some ways that we can start closing that gap more so that we can get back into the more traditional roles and to see more of that equilibrium in a partnership, especially where you have a woman who wants to be this boss bitch, but a man is saying, I love you. I want to provide for you. You don't need to be doing all these things. But by saying that to a woman, she feels as if she's not worthy. Right. I think I think the biggest thing that needs to change is women's advice. Mm. I think women constantly undermine each other and i think a lot of the time it's not even with any kind of malevolence i don't think women are necessarily out to get their friends whereas they're just so used to having so much availability to you know be it attention or other other avenues of attention your your typical woman has so much access to attention that I think it really devalues the attention that they get at home. And I think that women are so quick to be like, you know, fuck him, answer that dude that DM'd you last week, or like go out with the girls, or you know, you don't owe him anything, or you do you, you, you know, or, you know, maybe she's not feeling great physically or whatever, and you know, oh, you're beautiful, and you know, let's go get our nails done, and you're know, like, cause, cause guys, we're ruthless, really. Like all the things that people think are toxic masculinity, they're the things that really keep men together. They're the things that keep us from really falling behind because men are so quick to be like, boy, you're slipping. You're slipping, man. You're slipping in a lot of ways. You're slipping in your health and you're slipping in your fitness and you're not going to get the things you want. And girls lie to each other. More like, huh? And I said girls lie to each other to make each other feel better about themselves. Right. And not just each other, but they, they really will do it with everybody, you know, and that's that's one of their qualities. It's not. And that's what I'm saying. It's not malevolent when they're when they're like, you know, oh, no, no, you're just fantastic the way you are. That is a great thing that women have the way that, that they're they're like sweet and nice. And, and you know, they really want to protect other people's feelings and stuff that is like built into their biologic code. And that's awesome. But women need to really evaluate the advice they're getting from their friends and from social media and from this construct that, that's driving us these days. And I think that's the first step is to really like ask. I think women need to ask themselves, 
what do you really want? What do I really want? You know, do I want to work? The, do I want to put in what it really takes to become a real boss bitch? Is that what I want to do in my life every day? You know, do I want to put my feelings aside? You know, because that's what being a man is, is doing all the shit you don't want to do. You know, working out when you don't want to work out, going to work when you don't want to go work. Women call in and take 10 times more vacation. Like when you look at the statistics, men are there putting it down no matter how they feel. You know, and I don't think women are really bred for that. We don't want them to be. But we shouldn't be trying to harden the whole female sex of humans. That just that just boggles my mind. I, I want a soft female, you know, not weak or spineless, but not hard. That's the last thing I think of when right. somebody's like, you know, what are the attractive traits of a female? Well, I, I want a hard woman who's assertive and tells me how it is. And I think if women were just honest with themselves about questions like, what do I want from life? What do I want from a man? What do I really think a man would want from me? Then I think a lot of the stuff would go away on its own. Yeah. And like you just hit it. I mean, in bottom line, women don't take time to ask themselves those questions. We're just too busy doing. We're too busy watching and repeating, thinking that right. what we're supposed to be doing. And, you know, that's something like my, personally, my own inner work is just figuring out who I am for who I am, not for who anybody else is telling me or for what society is telling me. It's just really figuring out what it is that I want, even though it's it might be a lot different than what is normal. And that's OK. But at least I'm being able to honestly answer those questions for myself to then go into any relationship, friendship, romantic relationship, right? being confident with who I am and like, take it or leave it. This is who I am, but that's going to attract the right person, not trying right. to put on this facade right. to mask what society wants to mask what this man that you have met on Tinder is wanting to just be yourself. And we right. don't do enough of that. We just, we're really good at putting on those faces for whoever it is that is in front of us because we want to please as women that's what we want to do we want to make people happy right. we don't want anybody to be mad at us so we're just going to conform and be whoever it is that the person on the other side is wanting us to be so we are so right. confused and, it gets and lost into all the wrong relationships because mm -hmm. then after time passes you can't be that way forever after a few months you become who you really are and mm -hmm. then you realize you're with the wrong person or yeah. the wrong friends or the wrong group because you you were portraying something that you you didn't even really feel inside. So much time would be saved up? for everybody if you could just know who you were in the yeah. beginning and just walk into that. Like, here it is, you know? But yeah, I mean, there's so many more conversations that we're going to have. And you brought up the toxic masculinity. There's definitely some toxic femininity that's floating around out there. And so we're going to hit on this and so many other topics because, I mean, you and I could talk about this forever, but I know that there are so many other people out there that are going to resonate with this, that are watching the reels that you and I watch, that are like, yes, we need more of this conversation because I'm not, like, I'm a woman. I'm not sitting there and pointing the finger at women and saying, like, it's terrible and we're all wrong and bad. It's just a problem that we're, you and I specifically have noticed that is becoming more of a problem and we want to we want to fix it for everybody. And like yeah, you and I are only two people, so we can't do that. But here we are just talking about it, having the conversation, bringing awareness and acceptance to the issue is the first step, right? Right. Right. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. Awesome pilot. 
Yeah. All right. Well, I'll see you back here for the next one. Sounds good.